everybody. My co-host Hazuri and I have an incredible guest for you today, and we're honored to have her join us today to talk about Gen Z, what girlhood looks like in 2022, and being a teen entrepreneur. Charlotte Wasserman is a public speaker, a mentor for young women, and the founder of It's a Girl's Life, an organization for girls who want to learn how to let their most authentic selves shine, build resiliency, and take action for themselves. She's also the host of Welcome to It's a Girl's Life, a podcast where girls come together to empower young women to keep it real. Charlotte recently graduated from high school in Ohio and will attend SMU in Dallas in the fall. And yes, you heard correctly. She is 18. Welcome to Be Me, Charlotte. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. That was such a nice introduction. And I'm so excited to be here today. So thank you. Yeah. Amazing. Well, there's clearly a lot to talk about. So let's talk. We usually start our interviews by asking our guests to share their experiences as teens. But since you're still a teen, I wanted to ask you about your passion for mentoring girls. How did that get started? And what's it like being a mentor? What about that appeals to you? Yeah, so it all kind of started back when I was in sixth grade. I know that's like really a long time ago, but I was facing the common middle school challenges socially and academically. And I decided that I wanted to kind of find this like thing that I could be interested in that was outside of what I was facing in middle school. So that was starting a blog where I would write about different experiences that I was having, different tips and advice, but also just like fun things to do in your teen. And then from there, in eighth grade, I found this organization out actually in California that was teaching girls about grit and resilience. And they were doing it to like small groups of middle schoolers. And I thought that was just like a really interesting concept because when I went to go look up grit more, there's a book about it written by Angela Duckworth, but that was mostly towards just adults. And I thought it could be a really interesting concept just based on my own experiences. So I decided that I was going to work with them for what turned out to be a three-year partnership where we would create events for teen girls here in Cleveland and anyone could get involved in them. We just had to be like in like seventh through 12th grade. So we did that for three years together. And then after our third year, our missions were just going in opposite directions. So I decided to leave that organization and start my own so I could continue to impact more girls. And that was then when I started my own nonprofit called as a girl's life, the same name as the blog that I started in sixth grade, even though I hadn't been writing the blog most recently, because that kind of turned into hosting this cast that we talked about in the beginning. But really the mentorship part and about girls was just like, I felt so connected to girls because I've had that experience growing up as a girl. So I knew how powerful like having a figure who you can look up to, who is also a girl who was going through similar experiences or had been going through those experiences was super powerful to me. So I wanted to kind of be able to reciprocate what I had to other girls in order to help them. Wow, so much to unpack there. And I want to ask you all about the organization. And I really also want to just highlight the last thing you said, the idea of having someone to look to or to turn to that has gone through similar experiences that can serve as a bit of a role model, but is also not too far removed not so much older that you feel disconnected, but maybe has recently kind of gone through the same experiences as you. I think that can be really powerful, no matter what age. I mean, it's powerful for little kids. It's powerful for teens. It's powerful for me as an adult. So I just love that you brought that up. Before we ask you a little bit more about the organization, I wanted to come back to something you said at the beginning about 
picking up writing and blogging, would you have considered yourself a good writer or was it a passion you had or was it that you, irrespective of your writing skills, just felt like you wanted to get your voice out there and just kind of picked it up? Like, is it a skill that you taught yourself? How did that come to be? I honestly did not consider myself a good writer. I know like in school and stuff, I still sometimes like struggle with writing and just like getting points clearly across. But I think it was this urge that I felt to share. And that was a platform back in 2015 when I started all this that was growing rapidly. So I thought that could be somewhere where I could share my voice and get out the message that I wanted to in a way that I kind of control it. I think now it's really interesting to think about how I started writing when I was really like a perfectionist and can control like grammar and capitalization and how things are spells. But then when I got older, more comfortable with like hearing my voice and what I had to say, I switched to podcast, which is totally different and a lot unedited and a lot on like, I mean, you can't correct everything just because words are a lot different spoken than they are written down. Yeah. And is literally sharing your voice. I love that you just shared multiple ways to do that. You can share your voice in written form. You can share your voice live like we are now. But I think one of the take homes for me is that it wasn't necessarily a skill that you had. You didn't go into it saying, I'm really good at writing, so therefore I'm going to do it. The whole point behind it and your motivation was, I want to share my story. I have something to say. I have something I feel I want to contribute And that's really powerful. And I hope that that can serve as kind of a role model or or encouragement for other people that might be wanting to share their voice as well, but don't know where to start. So let's talk a little bit about It's a Girl's Life, your nonprofit. Tell us a little bit more about the mission and why you were motivated to start the organization. And I know you told us a little bit about that, but if you can build off of that and what it means to you, I know our listeners would love to hear. Yeah, definitely. So It's a Girl's Life mission is to really empower and educate to become the creators of their own stories. And what that means to me is girls recognizing that they have full control over their life and they might not have control over the certain events that maybe happens to them, but they do have control over how they react to those events and how they move forward after those events happen. And I think the main thing about Is a Girl's Life that's really like empowering to me and hopefully empowering to others is just the fact that You have so much power inside of you. And even if that takes a little bit of finding what that power is and how that kind of looks for you, just knowing that it's there and that you've like a reason kind of to be on this earth living and stuff like that, I think is really empowering. And the organization, I mean, what really spirited to happening was just because I wanted to impact more girls than I ever had on the blog when I was in sixth grade and I wanted to empower more girls than I did when I was doing the events just for Cleveland teens. So when we turned into a nonprofit, the one major thing was just to enlarge our impact. And it was really interesting because we kind of changed our models of the events that we did from doing it where anyone in Cleveland could come to, like in the city, to an event that was marketed through schools across the United States so that schools can sign on groups of 10, 20, 30 kids if they wanted to get involved in the events that we were doing, which was on March 8th, this past International Women's Day. And they can log on to our event that was fully virtual. Being able to do that, it just enlarged how many girls can actually get involved in the education that we were providing, right. which was really important. And 
that was something that was really special and something I would have never been able to do if I didn't continue to grow It's a Girl's Life into what it is today. I love how much you've been thinking about how to reach more girls and how to extend the reach that you have. And that's really interesting. Yeah, that's just been really important because I know that this is a message that isn't taught in schools right now. I know how much of a void that needs to be filled Absolutely. and how impactful the message can be. Not only do you run your nonprofit, but you also produce a conference called, and I love this, Girls with Grit. I want to know all about the conference. So tell us more. Yes. So Girls with Grit has been our most recent conference that we had that was really amazing because something that I was doing here in Cleveland turned into something that girls in other states were being impacted and the message was being spread. So it was really crazy how just a year of changing what was previously a partnership with an organization in California to my own nonprofit had to affect the events and where we went from just impacting maybe a group of 150 girls, which is still like a lot, to impacting this year at our past event, Girls with Grit, we had over 1,400 participants from like a lot of states. It was insane. I like still like say that and I'm like still in shock that it ever happened. (laughs) But we had so many girls from different places and they're all able to log on to their computers or when we got to see with like computers when they were logged in, like on Zoom and stuff, some of them were just in these huge conference rooms filled with girls. And we got to like ask different girls to come up on stage and answer different questions. And it was just so cool to see all these people listening to something that started off as like a small idea in my head that I wanted to grow, change into something that was so much more meant so much to many, many people. So that's amazing. Is the conference still running? Yeah. It's just once a year, it's annual, and it's a morning of empowerment for teen girls. But we have speakers that talk about through our entire grit method. So growing guts, building resilience, accepting your own imperfections and finding your team. And then we have our keynote speaker that's someone who lives a life with grit. And she just talks about her own experience and how she has like a really good story. So our one from last year, a keynote speaker. She had an amazing story of fleeing from Syria when they were during a war and she came to America and she's like still very young. I think she's maybe 21 or 22 and how she was also struggling with an illness when she came here to America, but then went to college and got herself to Columbia where she's at now and just had this overall really empowering story, but is also just someone who is relatable to at the same way. And was, and I think everyone who came to the event was able to get like a takeaway from her. And it was just really amazing morning. That's incredible. Is there an age cutoff or can I join as an adult? Serious question. (laughs) Well, most of our participants were teenagers in middle school and high school, but there's probably some like random adults that also attended that were just sporadically through the conference. (laughs) So that's a no, but Hazuri, you can join. When is the next conference, Charlotte? So hopefully the next conference will be next year, but I honestly don't know where the whole organization will be going when I go off to college. I can never say goodbye to It's a Girl's Life. So In some way, shape, or form, there will be something with It's a Girl's Life somewhere, but I just don't know where it will be. Well, we will follow you on Instagram. Yeah, definitely like keep up on Instagram at It's a Girl's Life org. Our podcast, It's a Girl's Life, all that stuff will be kept pretty upstate on details of the next conference and stuff. Thank you. And we're going to put that in our show notes as well so that folks know where to follow you for some of these incredible updates. So switching gears a little bit, You know, as a founder of an organization focused on teen girl empowerment, I'm sure you hear a lot about what it's like to be a girl in 2022. 
What have you learned from the girls in your organization? What's making them anxious or keeping them up at night? What are they excited about? Where's their energy focused and where are they spending their time? I would say that based on experience, but also listening to friends and different girls that have gotten involved in this girl's life, a lot of the things that are probably keeping them up at night, I'm going to say is a lot of overthinking tendencies about maybe it's like social situations Mm -hmm. and friends or just people in their lives. It's this pressure to either like have like a certain way to live their life that they're either being told through social media they're going on Instagram and they're scrolling away and they're just seeing all these different people that they're friends with or maybe just know and maybe they're comparing themselves. Maybe they're thinking, well, why does my life not look like that? Or how is she doing this and that and trying to balance it all? I think probably another thing would just be that we have to do so much to feel like we're doing enough. And I think like that's probably another really big problem that I see with teen girls and this need to just be involved in like everything and have a leadership position and everything and have your own side hustle and this and that and all these things that it's like, well, we also have to do school and like have to have like a regular life as well and do things that are just fun and don't maybe have so much impact on our lives and everything. Yeah. Balancing all of that can be really, really challenging when the world is saying like there's so much going on that you need to get involved in. Yeah. And so much to do versus just be, right? Like, where's the space to just be, to be yourself, to just sit and be present and not think about the actions you need to take or how productive to be? That's huge. That's one of the biggest things for me has been finding out, like, what do I mean without all of these things? And like, how can I still develop myself in a way that I'm not dependent on all these outside things that I do? Because at some point, not going to be involved maybe in specific things but I'm still going to be me and like what does that kind of mean yeah you know when all the things stop or slow down or you take a step away who is that who is me how do I be myself what does that mean and kind of what's left that's so so powerful what are you hearing that girls are excited about what are they focusing on right now where's the energy girls are excited about change I mean, and that has so much to do with so many different things. Like you take that sentence in millions of directions. I understand, but I think that between everything that's going on, not just like with current events and stuff like that, other than that, because there's a lot going on with that too, just life in general. I think girls are wanting to take action about things that they're passionate about and whether that's stuff that's going on at home or outside of home or things they see online. I think that they're just ready to, do something and make a change and whatever that means to them, which can mean a lot of different things. Mine was personally with teen girls and what they were being educated on about themselves and self-awareness yeah. and stuff like that. But there's a galore of topics that people could want difference on. And that's really encouraging to hear. I think we need a generation of change makers. Right. Switching topics a little, you recently shared a post on Instagram where you talked about people who are just mean It looked like your message really resonated with your community. And one thing that I've learned from our BME team is that a lot of the daily drama and insecurity that happens at people just being mean. What advice would you give our listeners on good, bad and outright toxic friendships? Yes, I have a lot to say about this because it's something that when I was younger in middle school, something it was just a topic that I struggled with which I think a lot of people struggle with, whether they like to say it or not. So that's the first thing I would know is that even if people don't talk about it, that doesn't mean they don't deal with it. But I would say that with people who are mean, there's usually 
an outside motive that they're either like looking to gain or like avoid that they're trying to fail and they don't have it in themselves. Maybe they're dealing with their own problems when there's a wide range of what that could be. And you might not know what's really going on like inside themselves, inside their head. And that can become a reflection of how they act. And sometimes how someone acts to you is not a reflection of you. It's really a reflection of what they're dealing with. I've never really thought about it this way, but maybe this will make sense. It's like when someone's being like mean to you, an example or something, and maybe they're saying something that was not the nicest thing, or I don't know, they just say a comment that's kind of out of hand or something. It's more of like, if you took a mirror and you put it, he faced it towards themselves, like that's what the comment is kind of reflecting of. It's not like a reflection of anything that you did a lot of the time. I love that. It's a really powerful way of thinking about it. I imagine it would help in that moment, just kind of put distance between you and what that person's saying or doing, where instead of taking it to heart and taking it personally, you can say, hang on, this isn't about me. It's about them. I love that mirror visual. I thought about that either. So I was like, no, that's kind of good. So I thought yeah. I'd share it. Let's talk about your podcast, which we will also post a link to in our show notes for you. You recently had an episode where you talked with some mental health professionals about how coaching girls may differ from coaching boys or people who don't identify specifically as girls. Can you share a little about that conversation and about what getting real about coaching girls means to you? Now more than ever, I think that people are vocalizing like going to therapy or maybe you see it on social media or TikTok or something. Right. And people are really open about it, which I think is like really important because that's like a big vulnerability and being able to talk about that turns it into like kind of a strength. But I think that what in our conversations so I was talking to two coaches, one of them I'm really close with because I've worked with her on the events for the last four years. So she's really seen me grow over time. And the other person, she's worked with this person that I'm really close with, Sarah. And they've become kind of, they're actually joining together to make their own coaching program. So you guys can look up the Real Girl Lifestyle Coaching Program and you can get involved in that if you do want to do coaching. But really what we talked about is that there's like a misconception about coaching and therapy. And there's a lot of differences because coaches have different backgrounds than therapists. Therapists usually have like clinical, I'm pretty sure, backgrounds, you know, certain education and certification to get to where they can help you. And I think they can prescribe medicines and stuff like that. Where coaches that I've had more of an experience with is more of like a tools and how to get through what you're dealing with than like I'm talking through what you're dealing with and processing. And it's just a different journey to get through issues than you might be having as a teenager. So we really talked about that and how important it is to find someone like a trusted adult that you can go to to get support and what you might need. And the good thing about that is that's just important. Absolutely. And, you know, you covered some of what we talk about at Be Me as well and what we're seeing in coaching. So we have a text-based coaching platform for teens. And what you said about having that trusted adult, that one person to turn to where you can come away with tools is just so, so important. And it does look different from therapy, right? So the whole therapy experience is more centered around both first a diagnosis and then actual clinical treatment. But coaching is different and coaching can be as simple as setting goals, problem solving together with the coach, 
walking away with actual concrete skills and tools to practice that has nothing to do with true treatment or a diagnosis or anything yes. like that. And it could be relevant whether or not you are struggling with a mental health condition or whether you aren't at all, but you just have something that you want to work on. And I think you highlighted it really, really beautifully. Definitely. I would definitely go check out that episode for like a more in-depth explanation of the difference, but also what a coach could provide for you because it is so different, just like you said. But I, of course, don't have like all of that. I'm not like a coach or anything. So I don't know the specifics, but I know we talked a lot about that in the episode, which I think is really helpful. Amazing. Thanks for sharing. Speaking of advice and coaching, you recently graduated from high school and went through your senior year, which from personal experience, I can say can be incredibly stressful. As someone who's made it through and is now on the other side of it all, what advice do you have for rising seniors looking at their senior year and feeling a little overwhelmed by it all? Senior year is such an interesting one because, you know, you're applying to college, which feels like a massive decision. And it can be really overwhelming when you have this decision that's going to impact you forever and ever, which I think it does in some way. But I think looking at it from the outside, because I've already been through it, I could say that the interesting thing about senior year is that you're going to experience a lot of things and learn a lot of new things about yourself and what you like and what you dislike whether that's choosing a college or not, but really going to become, I felt more clear on who I was as a person and the mark that I wanted to not only leave on the community that I'm now leaving, but also a mark on a community that could be like a newer community. And what does that kind of look like? Like, what does like that future version of myself look like and what she involved in and what does she do? And kind of just thinking about that can be really exciting because it's like a new beginning, which is always kind of fun, but it's also like a closing chapter of something that you've been involved in school and your school friends for such a long time. It's such a bittersweet year because there's so much going on. You know, these are some of your last nine months or whatever at the school that you've maybe been at for a few years or maybe not, but it's also this fresh beginning that you're starting. And I think that one of the things that's really important, which is really hard to keep during this year, is the perspective of not only to continue finding more about yourself through that process of choosing a college and whatnot, but also just to remember that even though something feels so big in the moment, and this I struggle with a lot too, so I can't say that I've perfected it, but that's okay. Even when things feel so big in the moment, you're going to have a time in your life where you're going to look back on that thing and it's not going to feel as big as it does now. And remembering that can hold provide some comfort in some of these tougher situations because you're not always going to be going through those tough situations and it's temporary. So just know that like the feelings you could be feeling now are not always going to be there. And sometime you're going to be looking back on this experience or this chapter of your life and you're going to be like, wow, like I know so much now, like it would have been totally different or wow, like I just think it's so amazing how much I've grown from this moment and just keeping those things in mind can be really helpful during this interesting and yet challenging time. I couldn't agree more. It's so interesting, like looking back at myself when I was like getting ready to do all my college. I was so freaked out and stressed out about only a few months past all of it. And it already feels so different. And you don't feel those same stresses and like it's not as daunting. And so I completely agree. I think breaking it up and not seeing it as like this big overwhelming thing, but like tiny actionable items really helped me. And I think 
Yeah, like you said, it's a bittersweet year for sure. But looking at it as like a happy ending, not something that you're going to be missing out on, but getting to spend the last few months with your friends can be really exciting when you look at it that way. Yeah. And I think just one more thing that you made me think of to add is that you don't want to like think so much in the future that you wish away like what's all in front of you. So I think like a really important practice is just trying to stay present. And I think that's just like the only way to fight back time, which is really hard because at the end of it, you're going to be like, well, I wish I could just have like so much more time with all these people and all these connections that I made. So the only way that you can really do that is to like remind yourself that this isn't going to be like this forever. Why don't I take advantage of everything that I have going on for me right now? And being grateful for that too is really important. All right. Let's talk about social media. Because Charlotte, I know you're obviously very active on social media and you've done a lot of advocacy work on there. But, you know, most of the time when adults talk about Gen Z and social media, there's a very negative bias. And a lot of it's for good reason, but it's not always the full picture, right? So I wanted to ask you, how do you see teen girls using social media to affect change and make the world a better place? So I definitely see both sides of this conversation because I've seen the negative effects I mean, not only personally, but just with friends in general of like you're going on Instagram, which I've talked about before, and you're just scrolling away and it's only human to find yourself comparing yourself and maybe your life to other people's, which is very normal. But I also see it in this other light, which has been really interesting with everything that I've done most life. I've been able to connect with other teenagers that are also doing really cool things. And I've seen people be able to use it as a vehicle to talk about something that is very important to them and to be able to get the word out they might not have known could reach the information that they're trying to share. Once you kind of look at it in that way and see how it's something that people can use, have a platform, but they don't have to like leave their bedroom from to be able to just talk about what they want to talk about and share what they want to talk about. And I think that's really interesting because it's it's like of a button someone can start sharing what they want and talking about what they want and making their own voices heard and they can get to such wide audiences which I think is like a huge pro and a huge really good thing about social media because it can be used for such positive change and it's not hard to somehow get views from people who you never even knew were there. That's so true. And I love highlighting, again, it being a space to share your voice in that way and kind of increase your reach, as long as it's done in a responsible way, right? You yeah. only hope that people are good citizens online and in these forums. And if that happens, it can be a really beautiful way to share your voice and advocate for all of these things that we've talked about. There's both sides of it, because if this is a place that could be able to reach lots of people with a really good message. Of course, it could spread a not such good message too. But I like to think of it as a place that can really evolve really good change and help people get some to back them up of what they're trying to teach people about or just educate people about different things. So let's talk about Gen Z and mental health. What do you feel has been on the top of mind for Gen Z regarding their mental health? And what do you wish more about this generation and their mental health? So it's really hard because mental health is a topic that is, of course, being talked about so much and it's just everywhere. And I think sometimes, I mean, I think it could be really sad to see some of the things that are happening to such young people because of different things that are either happening in the world or different things that they're experiencing. 
that will like make someone do something that's so harmful to not only them, but then becomes really harmful to other people. And I think that's like heartbreaking to see that from the outside. But I think that is where we should turn and kind of recognize that there's some work to be done, which I think that a lot of people do realize. But I think there has to be more of a push to focus and like teach teenagers specifically because it's such a forming years about authenticity and about like your own personal growth and how important it is to not only focus on yourself and work yourself maybe with academics and make sure you're a really smart academic student or maybe that is work yourself in your sport and make sure your sport has become quote unquote like really well and skilled and everything but that means like your soul and in your minds like that work is really important as well and I think that people talk about friends and people that I've just met with school and stuff talk about spending hours and hours at sports practices per week but they also need to spend like hours and hours on their own mental health and like their own mind work if that makes sense and I think really something that's been important and crucial to my own journey has been that personal development work and whether that's reading and journaling or meditating and all that type of stuff yeah that stuff's become crucial to be able to actually like process different things that have been happening, whether good or bad. So I think that needs to be strengthened more. I mean, I just think like current events tell us that if we don't do that, then it's just not going to be good. Yeah. I love your focus on the solution side of things because we talk a lot about problems, right? But I know that at Being Me, for one, we focus on not only acknowledging and recognizing the problems, but then saying, okay, well, what do we do about this? And I want to tell you, just kind of unpack one of the last things you said about what to do to support this generation. What do you think on a societal level can be done differently, more concretely? So like how, how make some of the changes that you just mentioned and offer some of the support that you just mentioned? Yeah, I think one thing is that there needs to be some work done inside. And I think that that can be really uncomfortable because you're getting in tune with like a version of yourself that a lot of people want to like run away from the problems that they're dealing with. But based on everything that I've heard from like professionals and everything that have more experiences and more knowledge than I do, which is a lot of what this comes from, just because I think the topic's very interesting. Yeah, They always say that if you can't like get through your own problems and you can't deal with those problems, like you, you other people up to like a lot of it comes from and stems from your own self and how you kind of view yourself. So that should be one of your priorities in the beginning, at least, because you can't pour from an empty cup, as like right. that quote says. So you have to make sure that first you are like a stable individual and you have your own self-awareness and self-knowledge about how you really perform at your best abilities from an inside level and comfortable with yourself before you can form like those other relationships that are also really important. And you can do that simultaneously too. Sorry, don't talk to people ever. It's just like (laughs) making sure that you know like how yourself works best and you're comfortable with that because if you're not, you might turn to other things that are not really good solutions and that can be really challenging and just get yourself in a worse situation. It's not as healthy. So it seems like on a societal level, if we think about what the fresh perspective that you just brought, we can create more spaces for teens to be able to do that. And I think it's not just teens, right? I think it's decision makers. I think it's adults. I think it's people setting policy. I think it's people running schools, people in government. Everybody plays a role in all of these kind of systems of change and all of these supports when you think about anything on a population level. 
And maybe that first step for those who want to support teens is also just taking pause to reflect on themselves and reflect on this topic before figuring out, okay, now how can this translate to helping other people and helping next generations? I want to ask you, do you see Gen Z doing anything differently from other generations already to care for their own mental health? I know you mentioned that teens are talking about mental health more, which is a huge difference. Anything else that you've noticed? Well, I think some things I've definitely noticed has definitely been like the talking more about mental health in general. Of course, like I've already mentioned this kind of before, but that need for change. So I think like that's a really big one. Just seeing like that a lot of teens are recognizing that what's been happening so far isn't like really working. And that is a message that applies to multiple things again. But also there's just like a lot of more room to grow. And I think there's a lot of more work that like needs to be done in this space and like I think a lot of it stems from again like teens recognizing that they themselves can change too and they're ever-evolving people just like the people that they look up to and that means that today or tomorrow like any day they can really start to make a change for themselves too and holds a lot of power because that means that if you're forever improving like why not start that improvement today or just start by doing like something even so small in your daily routine can really make such a big change in your whole entire like outlook on life. So I think that just knowing like you are a project that's worth being worked on and like you can do that, a lot of that by yourself. You don't have to wait for like another person or another resource. You are a project worth being worked on. That is just so beautifully put. Very, very inspiring. Thank you. Thank you so much for chatting with us today, Charlotte. It was so great to hear from someone with such a unique background. How can girls who want to learn more about It's a Girl's Life or get involved with your organization learn more? First of all, thank you so much for having me. And second of all, to get more involved with It's a Girl's Life and what we have to offer. I think the first good place to check on is Instagram at It's Girl's Life Org. And then from there, you can find us on wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, you name it, it's out there. And you can look on our podcast, which is called It's Girls Life as well. And that's just a great resource to be able to not only learn from me, but learn from a lot of other leaders. And I think those are the main two places that I would direct you guys to go. Wonderful. And we'll put those again in the show notes. One last question. We always like to end our podcast by asking our guests, what advice do you have for teens? My advice for teens is that you are truly the creator of your own story. So You get to choose how you view the world and how you view different situations that are happening to you, even if you can't control those situations in individual. And I think that you are worth improvements and you can do whatever you set your mind to. Amazing. Thank you again, Charlotte. Until next time, this is Dr. Neha Chaudhary reminding you to keep being you.